And now on Tucson Business Radio, let's find out how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise with your host, Karen Fisher. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's show for, can you even believe it? It is September the 24th of 2020. It's just so bizarre to me. I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it has been the fastest year and the slowest year all at the same time. Um, you are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I am your hostess, Karen M. Fisher, and we are broadcasting remotely, actually, uh, uh, for Tucson Business Radio X. So I have an amazing friend and a very, very dear guest with me today, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I'd like to introduce to you Jamie Amadon. Can you say hi? Hey, guys. So she is here, and she's actually uh, joining us. I, I just love, you know, some of the things that have been bad about technology um, has actually also been what's best about technology, because it would have been hard for Jamie to get on a plane and come and be at the Tucson studio. But she's here from the Carolinas, North Carolina. And uh, by the way, uh, just real quick, Jamie, um, are you getting hit with those storms that Actually, no, they're passing us over, which is awesome. So it happens a little bit more to the west of us. So we oh, okay. Well, well, thank goodness, because, uh, you know, I, I get anything that's outside of Arizona, and I just think it's just, it's just there. It's east, right? You know, everything is east. So I just want to acknowledge you for the contribution you are for people's, you know, just winning, for people just winning. I, you oh. have always been that. I've known you for many, many years, and I just really appreciate you. Oh, well, right back at you. And so I want to tell my guests, who are uh, my, my listeners, if you will, who we have as my guests. And I want to give, and this I, I really love just as far as information, but I want you to understand who Jamie is. And so first of all, she is an intuitive innovative, creative. Um, she's a real estate professional, but she's does so much more. She brings joy and peace to mind for the really sometimes stressful business of home buying and selling. And um, behind the scenes, now you moved to, uh, well, they've said that your real estate career formally started in 2001, and there'll be some other information as far as the bio. But, um, so you, you have done a little bit of everything. Um, you have owned a home accessory boutique in Tucson, and, and you've also launched a very, very popular coaching program in Tucson. So when did you actually, so to remind us as far as the date that you actually abandoned Tucson and went to North Carolina? <laughs> February 26, 2016. <laughs> okay, you're actually I love the people in Arizona. I love the people. I didn't so much love the centipedes and scorpions and rattlesnakes. Oh. <laughs> I, I was like ready to leave the desert and move to a place where we have seasons, but I do miss the people and I have a lot of, you know, still connections there. So, yeah. so what first brought you to Tucson? Oh gosh, Karen, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I already did. <laughs> that is a long, long story. But you know, the bottom line was, um, I just really believe I was, I was supposed to be in Tucson. It was a, like a divine assignment to be in Tucson. And um, I, I learned a lot about myself. It was the beginning of a lot of self-discovery and um, just a really great time with some challenges absolutely no doubt but those challenges are what refined and brought the 
you know, the new mindset, the new, the new opportunities that have now come to fruition for my life. So do something. Well, I just think it's amazing. And there's several things um, that, uh, you know, just in terms of some of the things that you've done throughout your career, um, just a little bit of the history is that uh, you, well, you're, you are an entrepreneur at heart. Yes, you are a real estate professional, but at your heart of hearts in all areas, you are an entrepreneur. And I think real estate really is a good piece for that because, you know, the, the thing is within real estate, I remember somebody uh, once saying that, well, the greatest thing about real estate is that you get to pick your own hours. And, but what they failed, what they failed to say was which 20 of the 24 hours do you want to work today, right? <laughs> okay. The bottom line is I love people. And I love creating new things. And I noticed that, you know, as a history, everything kind of uh, wrapped around home. I love for, I love home. I just love that when people find that, their eyes light up when they walk into the perfect home that you know it's the one for them. And then how they're going to express themselves in it and through the process of it. They're, they're building a life in that place. And I am about people and building great lives, you know, just like you are. So I, I just, it's a perfect extension of everything I've ever done. Well, I, and it definitely is. And I think that's a great way of saying it is as far as an extension, because you've helped people in terms of, you've got a real creativity for interior design, and you've also got a very specific creativity for being able to um, help people cut through the crap, if you will. In other words, um, <laughs> the, well, there, you know, the, the thing is, as far as with people with homes and, and I know there's another side of it is, is that you sat in my chair for a while on the home lending side of things, um, as far as that. And, and it's funny because I, as you know, I was a realtor from 1983 until 2000. And I remember a dear, dear friend of mine, a mentor and a coach, he finally said, why are you a real estate agent? You hate to drive. And I was like, well, you're right. But when I started in real estate, interest rates were 16%. They, they dropped to 14.5% 30-year fix. And, and they said, oh, the, all the newspapers said that was the lowest that interest rates were ever going to be. So obviously, if it's in the newspaper, it must be right. Yeah, like the same guy that said, everything that's ever been invented has already been invented. So yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, as far as that. <laughs> so so let's talk about some very specific things because um, the 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 what's happening within the real estate and finance market it is it is the one bright spot in our nation's economy. Um, the housing market is on fire, not just in Tucson, but across the nation. The math for this, I mean, if people think about it, the, the, the ability to purchase, if you've got that ability to purchase, if you've got a stable job right now, you are paying absolutely less than, less than rent uh, in, in all given markets, it seems. So tell me a little bit about what you're seeing, and yet there is a, there's a fear that people have for perhaps of putting their homes on the market. Like right now, it's an ideal time for people to put their homes on the market, right. but they're fearful. So tell me a little bit about what the industry is doing to help um, prevent uh, the transmission of COVID. You know, that's one of, that's the piece that's there and um, how somebody can 
still go about their lives, but be safe. Sure. Well, still go about their lives, but be safe inside of real estate. I, I would think so because I think what people aren't realizing is technology, like there's virtual tours, there's other things that you can do. Well, we have moved uh, and happily to, uh, you know, our buyer consultations online. It's just so easy to do. People are spending more time online searching for their homes anyway. So, um, you know, that's been a, a huge asset. Now people are even more comfortable. When we do, I, you know, I haven't done open houses that much. I don't even find them that necessary, quite frankly. It's, you know, we're in such a seller's market that, you know, home goes on and it's off in hours out here. You know, it's just crazy. And I know, I think you're experiencing the same thing in Tucson from what I heard from my realtor. Friend. Yeah, yeah, definitely the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the deal is the market conditions that led to the housing collapse, you know, overbuilt stock and risky mortgages are the exact opposite of what we're seeing today. And, you know, low, low inventory, we're at all time low inventory. It's insane. And that happened because of 2008, nine and 10, when, you know, new builds stop, we consume about a million homes a year as a nation, new homes a year. So when that, you know, sort of stopped in 2008, 9, 10, it left a deficit and we've never really been able to get caught up with that. So, you know, we have a low inventory situation. We have stricter lending practices, as you know, and, you know, it, set, it has set real estate up to remain strong um, despite the country's economic fragility. So. I just think that we're in a really good spot. Sellers are in an excellent spot right now, but like you said, they are afraid. And I don't think it's, I'm not hearing and seeing as much fear over COVID as I am fear over thinking that the market could collapse later because that's what happened before. And, and yeah. what happened before, I don't believe is going to happen again. Economists are not predicting that. They're predicting a V shaped economy and it's rebounding faster than it did prior um or prior than you know faster than they expected it to and it's just a sweet time to sell a house right now it's just amazing the equity is just continuing to rise and and that's across the board i mean i'm in um several top producing groups around the country and i'm telling you everyone's saying the same thing it's like if we just had more sellers right now you know yeah, and I'm hearing that from uh, because I'm connected with people like you across the nation, actually internationally, yep. and that is definitely as far as what's happening, as far as within the, you know, just as far as within the market and things like that. So, so going on as far as a little bit of a deeper dive as far as some of the things, um, what have you noticed? And and this is something that I have just this is just kind of my observation. What have you noticed? for some of the trends within housing since, well, particularly since COVID, but what I'm seeing is altogether is this move from being able to work from home, uh, higher level as far as with technology. What are some of the trends that you're seeing nationwide? Nationwide, uh, people are moving out of the city. Like we are having, I, at least in the Raleigh area for sure, I know we are having uh, people moving from the north New Jersey, New York, they're moving out of those areas. And I think I'm seeing the same thing for you guys from California into Arizona, out of California. They're just getting out of the noise. They're getting out of the, you know, the feeling of 
too closed in and they're going out farther and it is it's it's coming in droves i mean it's it's crazy it's amazing and yeah we definitely are seeing this as far as um as far as with the people coming out of california and some of the things that are happening like that it is it is definitely um, it's definitely been interesting because people, I think the fact that they can, uh, and often, oftentimes they have the ability to work anywhere now yes. that then they're choosing as far as with the lifestyle. And I think that another thing that has happened definitely since the lockdown, but I think even prior to that, I think even prior to that, we were um, experiencing people really questioning as far as the quality of life. Yes. Like what's important, so. I just read this the other day. Um, they are saying that companies are saving $11,000 an employee per year by allowing them to stay home. That's huge. Well, that's, wow, that is a huge statistic, so. Yeah, because of commercial space. Now, I don't know how this, this is going to look for the commercial, but you know, people are being innovative. People are going to have to be innovative. Businesses are going to have to be innovative and, and reinvent themselves and how they do business. And I think that there's going to be a demand for it um, because people, you know, are recognizing that there is a little bit of quality of life that happens when you're working from home. Now, homeschooling from home and working from home, that might be another story. <laughs> I am so glad that our daughter is raised. I know, I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that I do very well, but uh, me being a teacher would not have been one of them in terms of, well, I'll qualify that statement. I like to teach if it's like, a, as far as a thing, but try to be the teacher to your own child. I think that I, my hat's off to all the parents that are homeschooling. I, I can't imagine for them it's yes. and I hear that a lot with my clients I've got a, a, a client right now and they're looking to to uh, move up because of that they're both working parents and they have four kids and they need place for the kids you know to run and be free and they need separate office space and nanny space so and, yeah I'm hearing that too that, that people have uh, all of a sudden during the lockdown they're looking around their home digs and they're like uh, we need additional space so and probably that's why the housing boom is happening right now because we truly are in a boom with buyers, more buyers than sellers. I mean, like inventory is like at an all-time low. And well, and then just real quick, just to dovetail on that moving up piece, the other part of it is, is that um, I just think about three recent clients that I've had as far as getting loans. They moved up and got more space for their homes and everything. And oh, by the way, their payment dropped. Yes. Yes, you know, and so that you were talking about this earlier, and I wanted to mention this because I think this is a really key, important thing. There is a mindset out there, and you know, you we were talking about how the the surgeon should stay the surgeon, the mortgage broker needs to be the mortgage broker, the real estate agent needs to be the real estate agent. When we stay in these conversations and practices, ten to twelve hours a day, right or more, and you know that's what we do. And you know, your neighbor is not going to be your best source of information <laughs> or or advice. So go to your professional and you know that people have this, I'm shocked at least five people a week. Okay. At least five people a week that I talk to think that they need to have 20% down to buy a house and with mortgage rates so low 
it doesn't matter if you're making that mortgage insurance payment because the factor is so much less than it would have been, you know, by adding it and it'll come off someday. So I think you should speak to that. Well, you know, it, well, we will speak to that a little bit because first and foremost, what a lot of people don't realize is that if it's a conventional loan and the definition of a conventional loan is that it's backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, okay? Uh, the very definition of a conventional loan, if you are a first-time home buyer or if you're within a certain income bracket, it's 3% down. It's less than FHA, it's 3% down. And then plain vanilla, if you're purchasing a home and it's conventional, it's 5% down. And yes, and there's things that you can do with mortgage insurance to, uh, to, there's so many things that you can do with mortgage insurance. And this is one of the things that I like when I do a consultation, I want to have a conversation with our borrowers and really look at and find out what is it that they're going to be doing with their money and with that house. Because if they think they have to put 20% down and they even, let's say they have the 20% down, if they talk to most, and I think it's important to have a team with you, talk to your financial advisor and find out, gee, should I really liquidate all of my cash reserves to be able to, because, and there's been this fear as far as with mortgage insurance. And then on the FHA loans, you know, it's three and a half percent down. And if you're a veteran or active duty service person, it's zero down. And if you, and they've also got USDA loans, which people think it's a farmer loan. It's not a farmer loan. You just don't know where it's going to be. That can also be zero money down. So I think we do. And you guys have areas where it's USDA as well. That's a hundred percent loan. And I think the mortgage insurance factor, I think is 0.35%. It is nothing. So you add that as long as you have the income limits and you know, the income limits can be quite high. I mean, somebody making almost $100,000 a year can get a USDA loan, right? Yeah, it depends yeah. on where you are within the country because there's limits and it's even with where you are within the state. But the biggest thing, I, and I want to underline there, is don't assume. Don't assume that you know because unless you are uh, an expert in the industry, unless that's what you do, and, and I share with my clients, I said the reality is with my barn moves, I close more loans in one week than the average American will do in their entire lifetime. Absolutely. So, so and, and at the same time, while I am experienced and things like that on a personal basis, I think it's really important, really important that clients are given the opportunity to ask as many questions as they want. And that even if they've asked that same question over and over and over again, it doesn't matter. I mean, there is a passion that drives me for my clients to be super educated. And I know that that's true with you, but, but let's, let's talk about some of the other things because you've done a lot of different things in your life. One of the things that you've done in terms of public speaking, let's talk a little bit about what, um, and, and I know that there was a, a, a very important part of your life where you were doing the decide to fly and helping people to make some different decisions. So, what have you done on a personal basis as far as, I know you are, are very much, um, what would I want to say, in tune with personal development. So there's some tools that you have that have, yes, they've helped you in business, but they've helped you in your personal life too. Let's talk to the listeners about some of the things like, what are you reading? What are the decisions that you're making? Some of those areas. Gosh, you know, this has been, this was a journey and that Tucson was the beginning of that self-discovery journey 
And, you know, I, that was the time in my life that I kept saying, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. Where is it? What is it? How do I find it? And it's the question that I think that if you stay in the question, it's better than actually finding the answer because in the question, layers of discovery happen. And, you know, I had, I was very fortunate. It's, it's probably to date my largest investment every year that I make is in personal and professional development. And I have mentors across the country. They're, they're just amazing, phenomenal, extraordinary people. And to have someone who can pour into you from their experiences is, it just shortcuts everything. It lets their hindsight be your foresight. And so there's so much power in collaboration and connection. And, you know, out of that results creativity. We all have different personalities. My, my personality is one that I like to invent things. I like to create things. I like to be fresh, which is, I think, why I love real estate so much because I'm working with new clients every single time, right? And, and I still have the other clients, old clients that I can be friends with. But, um, you know, I just, it's, it's a, a, an amazingly important part of being successful is to invest in yourself in personal and professional development and not just development, but discovery, because that's where that transformation happens. You know, breakthroughs happen in a moment, but transformation happens over a period of time. Oh, I want you to repeat that again. That's huge. Breakthroughs happen in a moment, but transformation happens over a long period of time. And you don't even realize you've had it until you're able to turn around, look back and go, wow, I am not the same person I was last year, last week, whatever, five years ago. I am, I am a new being today because of this process of constantly allowing myself to be in the question of what, where's more right? There's more. We're created to live our fullest, greatest, most powerful expression of life. And we let the distraction, all of the things that are external to us, just, you know, squash that, that gift that only you and God know what it is, you know? That, that is, um, that is so well stated. And I think that what has happened this year with with the shutdown of you know and everything that's happened with COVID, that was a uh, let's like you said a breakthrough like that. It <laughs> I already have a mentor and a friend of mine who says that all breakthroughs are preceded by a breakdown, and I think to myself, wow, is that really true? But you know what? If you look back over time often that is the case. It's like, you know, what was it that, what was it that shining moment that, that somebody said, that's it. I, I, I said, you've drawn a line in the sand, not going to take it anymore. You're not going to accept mediocrity anymore. You're not going to let other people's opinions of you define you anymore. You know, my friend, Terry Karjala calls it head trash. You know, what is that that's talking right behind you? And is that serving you? And it's not to say that you just gloss over the past. You can think to yourself, well, that was an interesting lesson, but you don't, you can't let the past define you because you can't do anything about it. It's the process of completing the past. It's not, it's not reconciling it. It's not 
recreating it. It's not in, you know, it's completing it. It's saying this is done. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in that as a human being, you can't not be in the com That's a double negative, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> in the conversation of what do I still need to complete? Because who I am today is the expression of who I was before. So if I am going to be truly in present moment, that's a new creation for tomorrow. Does that make sense? It absolutely is. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about that. What are some of the tools? Because I've got some, and I know you have some. What are some of the tools that you've used? You've spoken about mentors. I think it's super important to have mentors. Um, mm -hmm. You hear a lot of people talking about uh, selecting your tribe. Uh, Carrie Conley, a, a friend and who's been a guest on the show, talks about who's in your front row. Who's, yeah. Who do you have in your front row? And are they cheering you on or are they tearing you down? Because if they're tearing you down, maybe you need to move them to the back row. Just saying. Yeah. Well, and currently I have, I'm in a group of women and they are phenomenal women across the country. Um, and it's like a real casual weekly group. You would love this group, Karen. Oh, really, it's, yeah. it's Moxie Soul Sisters. And my friend, um, Deb Barrosette from Chicago started this. She used to work, she was a, a, you know, an executive at Hallmark and has gone off on her own and she does branding for people and is just amazing at getting people's essence and actually delivering it, you know, to the world. Um, but, you know, we get together every Tuesday night and we do that for a period of X number of weeks. And she just leads us through these real soul probing questions, you know, and we, we, it's a small group, 12 women. And, you know, there's, it's a structured, uh, situation that has been enlightening because the women there are, you know, powerfully successful and, you know, just that deep conversation of what it takes to be that in the world and yet still be um, satisfied with, with life in general is awesome. I also have um, a mentor who's up in Scottsdale, as a matter of fact, his name is Jeff Wilmore. And that man has led transformation for thousands and thousands of people around the world over 20 years. He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life. And, and how did you get connected with Jeff? Jeff, that was a connection. I have done some work with the Landmark Forum. And, um, you know, people have good things to say about it, bad things to say about it. But for me, that was a, a truly um, a powerful uh, technique for quieting my mind. You know, all of the, the, you were talking about that noise that you have internally, like they have a process that allows your system to brain to be engaged. We operated a system one brain. If you've ever read the book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, he explains this. This book is like chewing on leather. No kidding. But, but it's, <laughs> it's really great about, you know, how we, in order to interrupt those neural pathways that exist, um, we have got to engage the system to brain, the brain that causes you to think. And we operate at a level of status quo. You know, we, we don't realize that we had to teach ourselves how to brush our teeth and then we just put it on autopilot. We do that with so many areas of our lives and that's not where transformation lives transformation lives in that thinking part of your brain. 
Well, so, and, and I think that that's really important. And we're, I want to uh, delve into that a little bit more. Um, and uh, But I do want to, just as far as the plug, this is Karen Fisher, and I am your hostess of the podcasted radio show, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. We are broadcasting remotely. And this is on Tucson Business Radio X. Um, hopefully next month, we will be in the studio uh, that is right at, we've got a live studio and God willing, that's where we'll be next month. And again, uh, I, I am your hostess, I'm Karen Fisher and I have my very special guest, Jamie Amadon here. So let, let's talk a little bit more about as far as that transformation, some of the things that you've seen people do because the, the autopilot piece of yes, you now are brushing your teeth and also the way that perhaps somebody gets dressed or their morning routines and things like that. When, and I have had a couple of friends and also family members who were in some pretty um, horrific accidents and uh, physical accidents. And then all of a sudden they're having to relearn literally everything that we take for granted every day. So what are some of the things that you have learned about like, how do you, how do you pull yourself into let's being really conscious of what we're doing as far as our decisions that might not be as, you know, maybe it's, it's fine to have your brushing of your teeth on autopilot, but not necessarily the way that you uh, choose to maybe uh, handle your money or relationships that you're having with significant others. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that as far as that dive. People make change when fear of, uh, when the pain becomes greater than the fear of change, right? You've heard that before. And, you know, transformation has, there's some key elements to it. One of them is time, recurrence, and environment. You know, that's how transformation has, it takes time to have transformation and it takes recurrence. Like you have to practice things that, that work, that interruption, that conversation. You have to put yourself in conversations that are going to pull for your greatness rather than pull for the negativity in your life. You know, like that crabs in a bucket theory where, you know, you throw a bunch of crabs in a bucket, none of the crabs are going to let the other get out. Like if one thinks they might have access to a way out, the other ones are going to pull them back down and they all die together. And so the environment piece of that is huge. You know, you've got, you've got to put yourself in a mindset, like don't watch TV before you go to bed at night. That's crazy. You know, put, read a book for 15 minutes that is going to contribute to your mind your subconscious, when, when the subconscious is most active, just before you go to sleep, put that information in there. I will find myself asking, you know, questions about things I want to solve, problems I want to solve. I'll ask myself those questions just before I go to bed at sleep. So I know my subconscious mind can um, offer me the solution because it's there. That, that is a great tool. One of the things that I do, and this is some just, I love some of the tips. One of the things that I think is really um, awesome is uh, just as far as that gratitude, I've got a, uh, I've had through the years, several gratitude journals. Um, yeah. The one that I was introduced to recently, which I'll show you a picture of it, and it's by Danielle Delgado. And here's, you can see that I choose joy. Uh, and this has been really fun because she had challenges you to write a list of 10 things that you're grateful for. Uh, today, you know, three different 
goals, three things that you're focusing on. And then this is a really great thing. And this is what I would love all of our listeners, because you could do this at any given time, is to jot down things. It says, I'm ready to implement what I've learned today. And I love that because I'm ready to implement what I've learned today. Having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, I really believe that that is why some people are just frozen in time and devastated for what's happening during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And while others, um, I mean, I'm here to tell you, there are people that I know that for the first time in their lives, they're breaking a million dollars a year in income. It's already happening. It it was like, how and what do you think about it? And because reality is, reality is this chair I'm sitting in. Reality is the table I have my hands on. Everything else is what I think about it. It's a story, right? And so you asked me, you know, how do you get on this journey? I think you asked me that. Yes, you know, I did. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is that breakdown. It's almost looking for the opportunity for a breakdown so that you can work yourself through it or get help working through it, get coaching, do whatever. I mean, I've coached women across the country and it is powerful when they recognize that underlying story that they have been carrying with them as a truth for their whole lives. And it usually happens at the age of between three and five, and then again in middle school, and then again, just before you're, you know, launching your career, getting out of college. There are some things that we make out, make up about ourselves and our environment and the people around us. And we take that on as a truth. And the reality is, it's not the truth at all. We be, we collapse what happened with what we make it mean and we can no longer see what happened. Right. Exactly. And so, so tell me when you, because I know you've done a lot of mentoring and a lot of coaching, uh, particularly of women, uh, what have, are there any common themes that you've seen? Yeah. Like, is there something that kind of runs through it? Oh yeah. The same issue. I'm not good enough. Like that's the running thing is I'm not good enough. And there's my evidence for it. And it's, it's a different evidence for every person, but that's what the common message is to themselves is I'm not good enough. And either they're overcoming it with being super productive, you know, heavy producers, or they isolate um, and they don't use their voice or they um, don't reach their full potential. They hold back. Um, all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's the same woman in every, in a different body. In a different body. So it happens, you're saying sometimes it happens that first time, it happens between three and five. What do you think's going on with most of our parenting maybe at that time that, you know, like I would not wish that for my daughter at all. Well, I don't think you can stop it because it's a human thing. It's just a human existence. It just is how we, our brain is designed to operate i think between the ages of three and five and i'm not a psychologist okay so i want to just say that okay (laughs) that's okay yeah (laughs) um you know i think that between the ages of three and five we're starting to explore the world we're starting to get in touch with oh wow i'm a part of a bigger thing who am i as a part of a bigger thing right because we've been so into our family during the time before you know the age of three to five 
And then we start to look out and go, hmm, there's kids in school now. They're, you know, I'm out in the world a little bit. I'm noticing more. Who am I in that world? And then, if, you know, the middle school age is, what do other people think of me in the world? And then the college age is, what am I supposed to do with my life in the world, right? And that choice is where people get to, usually it's around the age of, you know, 40. I, I want to say that I've seen in, in the women that I've coached, you know, 40 to 45 big time because they're like, I have been doing this and now I'm burnt out. I don't like my life. How do I change this? You know, how, what do I need to do? And it is a process. It is a process. It's not something you can just like attach a whole bunch of to-dos to. It is a, it's a lot of questions and it's a lot of discovery. So it's not a to-do list, you know? Well, I think that's huge to explain that as far as not a to-do list. And if you think about one of the brightest, brightest minds of our, of our century, if you will, is Albert Einstein. And he talked about if he was given a problem, he'd spent 95% of the time, and I'm, I'm misquoting him, but it's something like 95% of the time asking the question and then that 5% of the time solving it. So yeah. what, are some, what are some questions that you think that uh, is a good place to start because for some people, there are people that are at all different levels of their journey. Some people have a, it, uh, just an incredible, um, they're, they're, they've been exposed to some personal development, some mentors, lots of that success, that high level thinking. And some people are just discovering this, like this could be the very first time that they're ever hearing about any type of a mentor or any type of a way of doing things other than the way that they've always done it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, gosh, you've stumped me because it is such a level of, I think you have to be introduced to the self. I mean, Brene Brown is a great, you know, introduction, I think, to asking the questions like, what is my purpose? You know, where, what is my what is my calling? And I think that's really the underlying question is, you know, what is my calling and how do I find it? And one of the greatest um, encouraging statements I've ever heard from one of my mentors years ago was you can never walk towards your greatness. Like it's not outside there. It's not out in life. You can only walk away from it. It's internal. So it's like, what layers of things do you need to uncover and release and complete to be able to see what's inside that package that God gifted you with, right? And then really get like where your strengths are. There is a shadow over it. For me, you know, I'm an innovator. I'm a creative. So, and my shadow is chaos, right? Like I, <laughs> I will perfect real estate agent, right? <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes. It's like it's always something somewhere on my desk. I'm not a list person. I'm not a tasky kind of person. And I just, but I recognize that it's like, wow, if I want to have really the highest level of contribution inside the innovation, then I'm really going to have to pay attention to managing chaos and that maybe not say yes to so many things, right? Yeah. Maybe keep things on a Trello board. I don't know. I discovered Trello this year as like the greatest thing on 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know a couple of people have used it. I have not used it. Now, now I happen to be, and it's funny how you can have two people that um, we are both on this this bigger journey as far as information. And the the piece for me is I am a list person, like list, 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 list. Um, I'm a numbers person. I mean, things are so deep. I am such a detail oriented person that stuff just jumps out at me. It's, yeah. it's, and, and it's interesting because I can't be all things to all people. And so I have to make sure that I've got a team that supports me. But those people, as far as the team that supports me, they, there's a couple of things. I mean, it's like nails on a chalkboard when I see, and it may have been because my mother was an English teacher, but maybe more importantly, just because of the way I'm hardwired that when I see people misusing the way they spell your, your, and yours, or theirs, theirs, and theirs, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, it, it's it's definitely interesting. I, and what you just said, team, because that's what I was thinking, like how do I manage you know, my life? And it's with a team. It's with people who are good at what they do and good at what I'm not good at, right? I want to be able to shine my light where I shine my light the best for my clients, just like you do, which is why I send you business. Well, thank you. Uh, all the way across the country, lots of referrals. I love it. Yes. But that's what I love about this industry is like if you, people know good people, right? Good people know good people. So there is business around the country for everyone. But um yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to have people who really support you and they're loving what they do in their life. Right. And, and, and really loving what they do. So that's one of the things that I think is really cool about your, um, you know, your journey as far as, as, as a realtor is, is how passionate you are about, I, I mean, I, you are passionate about taking care of people and you're passionate about people being taken care of. Like Katie bar the door, if you find out that somebody has, like, let's say you refer them to a subcontractor of some kind, if they don't do a good job, they got, that subcontractor is going to have to answer to you, just like they have to answer to me. Absolutely, because my word is that these people would get what they asked, right? Yes. And if I put my word to that, then by golly you know, I'm accountable for it, it happening, you know? Yeah, yeah so. so for sure. So I want to ask a couple of other fun questions okay. because I know you got, you talk about a lot that's on your plate. So how is it that you're doing everything that you want to do and yet you still have a very high quality of life? What is it, what are some of those tools or some of the things that are making that happen for you? Team, like we the said, team. it's team. Like I have, my real estate team is so competent behind me that I really am allowed to focus on my people and really have that listening for what it is they're looking for, how their life operates, what's going to serve them in their space, because everything is going to come from that environment that they're moving their family into. It's a big deal. It's not just gray walls or white yes. cabinets, you know, yeah. it's like, it's a big deal. So I get to focus on that and, you know, connect people to what it is that they need. And my team handles all of the other stuff. So, so how did you start building your team and who was your first hire? 
My first hire was a, a transaction coordinator, obviously, because I don't like, that's why I don't do mortgages anymore. I don't enjoy those kinds of details. And um, I just admire those of you who do, because we need you badly. But you know, the first ones, so it was all the stuff that I just didn't like to do, that bogged me down, that made me feel stressed. Um, those were the ones I, I hired first. So okay. we have, and everybody does, you know, now we have a pricing consultant who goes out and they just, you know, look at the numbers and, you know, do a whole presentation. We have stagers, we have, um, I'm getting ready to hire a new VA from, they're actually from Chicago. And a, a VA, VA meaning um, virtual assistant. Yes, but it's yes. a different one because I've had some really poor virtual assistants. And this one I'm, I'm excited about. It's, a, it's a, a match. They do a lot of personality test matching. So somebody who works well with you, because frankly, I'm not a, I'm not a great teacher, you know, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. So yeah, well, and, and um, I've jokingly said on a personal basis as I do, it's, it's hard for me to be a manager. I do supreme dictator for life very well, but to be a manager, it's a little bit of a problem. But, um, and so one of the things that was a gift that I've learned, one of my mentors, mutual mentor is Sandra Yancey, who is the founder of eWomen Network. She talks very extensively about having um, uh, standard operating procedures and has given some tools as far as, you know, what is that SOP? So once you power, because you could have a great person. I mean, they could just be amazing and you can work really, really well together and things can change. That is that part that's just called life where, and, and to, to go through that training process again. Uh, and so with the standard operating procedures, and I've got some tools for my listeners, you know, just some forms and things like that, is to basically document everything that you do and, you know, there's some companies that do, uh, besides real estate and mortgage, that do some really great jobs of that. A, a case in point is Southwest Airlines. Yes. Southwest Airlines has standard operating procedures, and they have cross-trained their people so that if, God forbid, somebody is, you know, something happened that uh, the, the person that's on the front line could step into maybe helping a, with the luggage or whatever the case may be. Now, obviously, there's certain things that you have to have a, a designation, like you can't just interchange pilots, right? But at the same time, it's it's interesting that they've done that, that cross-training and a checklist. It's and my husband worked for Southwest. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He retired from Southwest as a pilot. But he, um, the, what happens when you have those structures and processes and, and written down is it's scalable. So you can literally take chapters out of that operating manual and delegate and deploy, you know, your, your team. Um, and just, I'd, I'd say the probably the number one thing, we're getting off track here, but it's to hire the right person. And there is a, an index that I highly recommend is called Colby index, K O L B E.com. Yeah. Repeat and that again. K O L B E.com. Okay. That is that will match you up with the right personality with the right skill. For instance, you can say, Hey, I need a transaction coordinator. And this person needs to do X, Y, Z. This is the personality they need to have. This is, you know, the skill level they need to have, <clears throat> the temperament. 
And that test will find that exact number that matches to that skill level. And it will also match to your working um, style. So who you are in your testing. It's phenomenal. It's the best money ever spent, ever, that, ever. That is really cool. One of the things that I, I like about that as far as some of the information, as far as the, um, you know, the very different, like being able to pass that, you know, some disk testing is things like that. Predictive index is another type of thing. But to the one thing that where a lot of people make mistakes and a lot of our listeners on the shows, they have all types of different businesses. They're entrepreneurs. One of the mistakes that they make is they'll sometimes hire somebody just like them. And so if you hire somebody just like me or you hire somebody just like you, instead of solving the issue, you've now just doubled your problems. That's a, a big issue. So I, I love this question that you, you know, just a little conversation that we've had is that what would you say is the number one enemy to the success of anything that a business or, or it could be, it could be business or personal. What's that number one enemy that you hear or see? How you think, how you think, like thinking that you know that it is a certain way and that's just the way it is. You, you're, you know, there's a good friend of ours that just passed away, Jen Adams, God bless her heart. Um, and she, she said something to me several years ago, and I've never forgotten it. She said, you know, my rut is comfortably furnished, and I like it like that. You know, so she was challenging herself in a couple of things, but she said, I've just discovered my rut is comfortably furnished, and I like it there. And I, and I was like, oh, don't we all have a rut that's comfortably furnished that we like, right? Yes. So we're in that rut, yeah. Think like there is no box because there is no box to be outside of. There is only possibility and possibility only exists when you have the space to allow it to exist. Oh, you know what? You are exactly right. And right as you're saying this about Fox, one of my mentors from years ago, back, I first met him in 1992, is a gentleman by the name of Joe Stump. And uh, Joe, I can just picture, right as you said about the box, I can picture Joe being on stage and he's got this giant box that he put on his head, this giant box on his head. And he's, uh, and he's showing how you get out of the box. But then, and this is the key thing to what he talked about, all of a sudden he jumped into a bigger box. Yeah. And so what you have, what has happened with people is that they may have a breakthrough in one area or they may have a breakthrough in a lot of areas of their lives, but that doesn't mean that they've expanded all the way to everything that is possible. And then to ask yourself the questions of what else is possible? What else is possible? What else is possible for you? What else is possible for me? What else is possible for our society, for our, you know, and, and for your, I mean, people think sometimes, which is a really funny thing that, that what I do with the numbers is a, not a, um, not a very interesting thing, or it's not, it's not warm and fuzzy, but you realize that mortgage money is the path to somebody's keys yeah most cases because most people are not in a position to write a check to buy a house so the pathway to somebody's keys 
or with what's happening right now in the refinance market, like it could permanently set up a family for retirement, for their kids' college education, for any of the things that they've got going on. It's really, really amazing. It's and, it's, and it's a puzzle. It's like you have to put a puzzle together because everything yes. everybody's different. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I recognize is, you know, when you're doing your mortgages, you're providing an opportunity, just like you said, for investment. I mean, with mortgages right now under 3% or hovering around there, it you could buy a primary residence, keep that mortgage, move out and rent that property out after a year, you know, and then yeah. you're starting a path to wealth. Like Yes, absolutely. And I'm seeing some people that are just doing this. So I do want to let you know, you're not going to, you're because everybody always does this to me. We are at the top of the hour. We are bottom of the hour, whatever. Um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me all the way from the Carolinas. You are an amazing realtor, but I would say truthfully, whatever job you ever picked, you would just be just Jamie amazing. Okay. <laughs> so you could do anything. Uh, and I know that you can. And I know that you love just really connecting people. So what's the best way? Do you, uh, we'll have your information up on the website, but real quickly, if you could just give your, um, maybe your phone number or website where they, if people want to connect with you. Everything's on jamieamadon.com, J-A-M-I-A-M-I-D-O-N.com. I love it. So um, I do want to, again, just thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me, for your energy, for your passion, for helping people to take care of them. And then also just as far as that insight so that people who are launching, many people right now, because they were forced out of a job because of COVID, they're reinventing themselves. And I'm seeing new businesses being launched right and left. I know that, uh, you know, they, they can always reach out to you or to me just for some hot tips because we both have set up, yes, we are in professional things like that. They need licenses, but we've also both set up separate businesses too. Oh so, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Karen, so much. I really enjoy you every single time we visit. I just learned so much. You're it's just amazing. Just, it is just so much fun. So again, thank you for joining us. This is the end of our broadcast. I am Karen M. Fisher, broadcasting remotely, and you've been listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise.